Good, good. Everybody ready today for some Word? Yes. If you have a Bible uh, or a Bible app, I want to invite you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now we've had some interruptions, but I've been teaching a series called Honor Do, and then we had the holidays, and, and uh, we had our communion service first of the year, and but I haven't completed what I believe the Lord wants me to do with this subject. And, uh, and so we're going to continue. If you're new with us, welcome. Go back to the website and listen to the first six parts this afternoon. <laughs> They're not long, actually. Um, let's read 1 Samuel 2. This has been our text. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. At, uh, let's see, lost my place. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So that leaves, you know, the honor of God in our lives up to us. We control the dial because God's faithful to do his part. And we, if we learn how to show honor to him, Man, we're setting ourselves up for success. We really are. And so I'm so glad we can do this. The uh, uh, NCV reads, but I will dishonor those who ignore me. And so uh, lightly esteeming then could be translated as ignoring. Sometimes we want to interpret this and saying, I would never dishonor the Lord. Well, Ignoring him is filtered through his uh, revelation of truth. Ignoring him comes across as dishonor. All right. Uh, and then the, the GW reads, those who despise me will be considered insignificant. So it kind of shows us the, the, the ramifications of not getting this. If I don't get this whole thing that God calls honor and how to conduct myself and how to live this way, then I become insignificant. I make myself unimportant and in the grand scheme of God's plan and the things he wants to do, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm way at the end of the bench, right? Not getting in the game. But that's not a sign to us. That's a place I chose if I, if I ignore him, if I dishonor him in any way. And then uh, just as a reminder again, Romans 13, 7 reads, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, fear honor to whom honor. All right, so honor is something that's owed. We, we must do this. And if we don't, we're behind, we're in debt. Do you have any debt? Honor debt, right? And so uh, we, we were speaking to you again a few weeks ago about uh, the life of honor and how it knows what to call holy and what to call common and how we have to distinguish lest we treat holy things um, with less regard than they, than they are due. Lest we make everything the same and don't recognize what is holy. It, it, we must give attention to keeping holy things holy. The, the dishonorable person they blow all this off. 
It's like when someone says, this is a holy thing, this is a holy matter, this is a holy situation, uh, they just, ah, whatever, that's, you know, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, that's because you are so dishonorable. <laughs> dishonorable people, what I'm saying again, they don't care about that kind of stuff. They don't have any regard for it. They don't have any regard for people, you know. They, they, don't, they, they don't have any regard for position and place and, 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 and any of that, that type of thing. And so, uh, they, they treat, again, they treat it all as, as trivial. In Jesus' day, it went so far as, the, you know, the scribes in different cases, some of the most religious people, they were so dishonorable, even though, you know, they love to honor themselves. Uh, they were so dishonorable that they would even, they even at times attributed the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Remember, Holy Spirit. Holy, <laughs> key word, holy. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's called that for a reason. And if anyone we do not want to disregard or treat as unimportant, I'm gonna say it's the Holy Spirit. And they did exactly that. And Jesus talked to them about the serious nature of blaspheming him. And, and, and so uh, th that's our goal then. Uh, when we come to church, when we live our lives, what deserves high regard? Who deserves it? Who should I give honor to? What situation should I hold up above everything else? Amen. And uh, you, you might recall, amen. <laughs> Click the saved version. Uh, you might recall that when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, and he said in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not despise prophecies. Do not despise prophecies. Well, you, again, you think, why would someone despise prophecies? That doesn't make sense. But think about it. Where does a, a genuine prophecy come from? The inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But yet some, otherwise we wouldn't be told this, have, they despise the prophecy. And that is dangerous, a dangerous thing to do. The word despise, again, here in this verse, not only depicts um, contempt or hatred, but it can also mean as little as ignore. So I don't despise prophecy. I just don't pay much attention to it. You despise it. You despise something that God says is holy. And, and I understand uh, uh, that, that why sometimes people do this it's sometimes, it often comes down to the messenger. We don't really like the messenger that the prophecy is coming through. And so we set aside the message due to the messenger. How many know if we're going to be uh, in a relationship with God, we have to learn how to get over that? Because he's not going to be a one man show, he's going to use people, he's going to continue to use people. And while we're in this life, use people with issues, personality quirks, right? He's going to use people who don't have their act completely together. I'm not making excuses for wrongdoing. I want to hold myself to a high standard. You ought to hold yourself to a high standard. But God will use people that don't reach that standard sometimes. And people are at different levels of maturity, right? They don't, we don't all know the same things. Therefore, we're not all accountable to the same things. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
It's, it's the confusion sometimes. I don't see how God could use that person. I don't, I don't see why he would use that person and not me. <laughs> because I know, you see the way they act? Well, they, sometimes they've been saved a month. And how many know God will use a person the day after they get saved or the day of? Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going slow here because I'm considering whether to say something. Just came up, you know, comes up as an illustration. Can I just keep it between us? It, it, it had to do with a few years back when, when uh, there's someone, someone in the church, and I won't tell you who they are, someone in the church uh, was not real uh, comfortable here because too many of their friends were supporters of the previous president in the church, and they didn't like him. Talking about Trump. You know. And, and, and literally, they experienced God here, all this stuff, and they determined to leave because of that. And my thought was, ah, I understand. You're totally okay to not like someone's personality or something like that. But as a believer, they totally believe for the things he did. They had to. But they let that, that messenger thing get out of them. I don't mean he was a prophet. I'm not saying that. But that's that same principle. They let that messenger thing interrupt what was happening. And it derailed them from God's best for their life. Hallelujah. And so... I'm asking the question, if honor is due, to whom is it due? Who are we supposed to give honor? Now, two problems we could, we could face is number one, when we consider nothing holy. The other one, you know what the other one is? When we consider everything holy. <laughs> In other words, one of the challenges we have to make is to learn how to distinguish between holy and uncommon, like we said before, but to identify differences. See, this is not real popular in our culture where they want to make everything the same and everybody the same. And there's no differences at all. And that's an unholy mentality. See, I'm not going to say nothing is all, but I'm not going to say everything is because then I've just taken away the emphasis from things that God said I should set up. I should elevate in my heart and my mind and my actions. All right? Um, it, is, it is right. Well, let me, say, let me say this. Men and women are distinctly different. Saying they are the same dishonors the uniqueness of them both. Right? That's one of the errors of our time. Everyone's the same. No, not the same. No, you're taking away honor from both of them by doing that. Right? Whenever you take away the differences, the uniqueness, it dishonors. Okay? Um, it's right to honor people for various reasons, for success, for accomplishment, uh, for uh, character, for gifting. It's right to single them out, is what I'm saying, and saying, we honor you. In doing so, it doesn't fit well with the everybody gets a trophy crowd, right? But I'm telling you, it is godly. 
It is godly to not say everyone has to have the exact same everything. The kingdom of God is not that way. God doesn't do things. He does some things by his own choosing. And then after that, it comes up to us and how we respond to what he does. But, it, you know, if I honor, if I honor uh, Pastor Mickey in some way, that is no slight to anybody else. And someone shouldn't say, well, why are you making such a big deal of him? Well, because of what he did or what he accomplished or what his character is or something of that nature, I want to do that. That doesn't, that doesn't slight anyone else, but it does raise him up for the moment, right? That, that's a good thing to do. Hallelujah. And so, on a, on, a, a, on a level playing field, the scriptures tell us that we are to honor everybody. Okay, let me give you that verse. 1 Peter 2.17 Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now, now look, at, look at what it's saying here. Honor all. So how, who's the, how many is that? Isn't the king at the end of the verse, isn't he one of the alls? Then why mention him? Because the honor towards the king is unique, it is, it is specific towards that position, that place, it is different than all, even though he is one of the all, right? So we honor everybody, why? Well, because they're, they're, they're one of us. Everybody gets honor for being God's creation, part of humanity. God, everyone is unique and special, and there's honor for everyone in some regard. But honor the king means I'm going to do special honor, special recognition. A special place is held for this person because of the, you know, the seat they occupy, right? That principle runs across the board with, with uh, so many things. It's like the, you know, the, the Declaration of Independence Everyone knows the phrase, all men are created equal, right? But how many know after they're born, they don't all do equal things? So inherently, intrinsically, we all have that same unique spark of God and we're created in His image and, and everyone's equal, but some people in the image of God do less things. And their assignment is different. And so it, it's not that everyone is treated equal in all regards, um, this is shown in the marriage relationship, okay? Uh, both husband and wife are told to honor each other, but not the same. They're not the same. They don't have the same function or grace in marriage. They're different. They're distinct. So my honor is to be, uh, be tailor-made for the individual and for their uniqueness, not the same honor, different kind of honor. Let me show you this so you see what I'm talking about. Ephesians 5.33, the end of that reads, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay? So respect is a word that the Amplified brings this out in more, with more words. The Amplified says that she notices him, regards him, look, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. How many, 
guys want me to read that one more time. Uh, I got a hand. Can I see another? I see. Just reading the scriptures, Amy. <laughs> Main reason I read that because of the word honor that, <laughs> that is used. So, women are, wives are, are told to honor their husbands. 1 Peter 3 7 reads, Husband, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of God that your prayers may not be hindered. So he is told then to honor her. Both are told to honor. Is it the same? No, it is tailor-made to their, their uniqueness. Okay? Uh, they, are, they are honored specific to their role and, and th- their place. Everybody with me? All right. Uh, generally speaking, we should honor all, specifically uh, those in positions of, now I'm talking gen- life in general again now, uh, we honor those in positions of civil government, we honor those in positions of church government, we honor those in positions of the family, family authority, you know, the, primarily they, husband and wife honor each other in different unique ways. Children are to honor their parents, right? That's, this is biblical. This is, see, why am I saying all this? This all is honor to God. If we say, oh, I just love the Lord, but we disregard all these other things, we are not setting ourselves up to receive the honor that comes from Him. And, uh, you know, we, we honor those we work with in, in related to their position, so on the job, related to people's positions or hierarchy and so forth within the, uh, the business world and so forth, we give honor to them. So it's specific. Those who honor God honor those He identifies. Yeah. So if we can ever read in the Scripture or find someone that the Lord puts His finger on or points at and says, this person someone in this place, I honor him by giving regard to what he said about that individual. And I can't get around that. I can't just skirt that and say, Lord, me and you, bam. It's these other people over here, you know. We're just, uh, we're just not, not, not connecting, all right. Uh, I have a relationship, okay. I have a relationship with God, but not the church. No, you're not getting along with the Lord as well as you think you are. Because the church is his thing. Uh, You know, I, I follow the Lord. I follow the Lord, but I don't follow any man or woman. I, I don't follow. No, no, that's... That's, you've separated something that God didn't separate. He, he, he didn't say that would be okay. Follow these people that I point to or these individuals, these structures, uh, unless you don't like them or are tired in the, in the morning. <laughs> or so, then you can just bypass them and go straight to me. How, how many have ever worked in, in a... Uh, 
or do or have a business or work in a company where there's different levels and different people in management. And sometimes if someone has a, you know, a question or an issue or something like that, and they don't really want to talk to their supervisor and they just decide to go around them and go above them. I mean, you know, that's problematic. <laughs> You're creating chaos within the system and, and dysfunction there, and it's not going to be tolerated uh, in a healthy organization for that to happen. Now, within, the, within our relationship with God, of course, we all know this. We have one mediator between us, the, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We all come straight to the Father in the name of Jesus, right? That's a personal relationship. However, in the function of what God does in the earth, He has chosen to use people to deliver messages through, to have organization, all these kind of things. I know it's popular in our world today that, that people say, I don't believe in organized religion. Yeah. Well, one, you like disorganized religion? <laughs> what, what, you know, what kind of, but here's the, here's the thing. Is the word organization anti-God? It's not. We usually people point to the worst and the, the people that have done wrong and all kinds of stuff and who have just become power hungry and all that. They point to the worst and say, I don't like that. Well, I don't like that either. I don't like anything that's ungodly or not love or, or doesn't have the, the Spirit of God leading them. I don't want that either. But the pure part of this, of organization and, you know, religion is another word we could dissect and take some time with. Uh, but a relationship with God or a church that's organized, that's a God idea. Okay? And, and if, I, if I disregard that because I saw someone do it wrong or someone abuse it or something like that, I need to get back to the Lord and say, Lord, is this your idea? Because you'll find again and again in Scripture, this is something he, that He set up. All the methods? No, some of the methods are ours. Some of the structure, some of the things we've tried to figure out to do the best way we can, but the, the essence of it is, is of God, okay? It, it is His idea. And so, you know, uh, I'm in the body of Christ, you know, the body of Christ, but I'm not in a body of Christ. I'm in the body, I'm in the big church, big capital C church, but not a little church, little C church. And uh, well, no, uh, the Lord wants us to be a part of both. He really does. And the reason I say all this again is because our heart, our desire is to seek to keep holy things holy. And what am I saying is holy? You're saying the church is holy? Totally. Does, that, does, does, does the holy church sometimes do it wrong? Yeah. Does the holy church not perfect? It's not. But it's, it's of God. I mean, we may have studied this earlier in the series. I don't recall. I think we mentioned it from Peter where, where the people of God, saved people are called a holy people. You ever seen a holy person do something unholy? And yet the Lord didn't change the title. He didn't take their holiness stamp away. So they were called holy yet still goofy, you know. I mean, I'm saying he didn't call them that, but that's what they were doing. I've done that before. I can relate. I'm sure glad he didn't take my position away. Because it's secure in him. Hallelujah. Now, now if you would, uh, we got a few more minutes. Let's go over to 2 Timothy. Second 
Timothy chapter 3. Seems kind of quiet in here today. Everybody doing all right? Okay. In, in, in one of the, well, I'll just read it and show it to you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse 2. Verse 1 says, last days, perilous times. Verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. That's the word. That's the word I want. And then it goes on to say, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Unholy is a good word in there too. Blasphemers. So, so we can choose any of these, and I do randomly for different messages. Last days, here we are, we're living it. What's one of the characteristics of our day? Blasphemy. People will blaspheme. Okay, what does it mean to blaspheme? It means to slander to accuse or speak evil against, okay? It it's, it's means to speak derogatory words for the purpose of injuring or harming someone else. It includes profane, foul, and unclean language, all right? He said this would characterize the last days more and more people would blaspheme. They would speak this foul type of accus accusatory language. I think culturally, what do you think? Culturally, this seems to be bigger than ever. Now, I haven't lived in all generations, but it seems to be bigger than ever, propelled by darkness, by rejection of the Lord and the vehicle use of the internet and so forth. But it seems to be bigger than ever. People, they, they, they're boasters and they're blasphemers. And they speak wrong. And uh, I think for honorable people, and this is what we are, and this is what we're seeking to increase, is that we should be very slow to vilify or speak evil of others. Just period across the board. Very slow, even to repeat it. If you hear about it, be slow to make someone else look bad. Be slow to repeat others' failures. There's got to be a redemptive purpose in what we do, okay? It, does it lift? Does it redeem? Does it bring back? Does it help? If not, why say it? Well, but they really did. I know, but what, what's the benefit? I think it's a good question. We should, have, we should especially be on guard when speaking this way uh, about the things of God or any anyone whom he said to honor. So I say it across the board, but then remember, honor all people, honor the king, especially if someone is identified in life. Remember we talked about civil, family, church, all these things on, on, the, on the job. If, if someone has, he has identified um, as being honorable or to honor, we should especially step back and say, I am going to hold my tongue against that person, against this individual. And they're select. They're in, we just, I'm not going to go there. Why do I say that? The consequences of this are too big. And I think it's hurting people in ways they don't realize. How I many know sin is deceptive in this regard? It doesn't have immediate consequence. 
often. Some things do quicker. But many types of things do not have immediate consequence. People backslide in their heart. They backslide and drift away from God, and yet they're still healthy. They still have a job. They, you know, their family is still intact. They think everything's fine. It's deceptive because it's gradual. It's slow, you're slowly leaking, and then all of a sudden one day everything caves in. You go, where did that come from? Well, that's been happening for years on the inside. The compromise, the lack of integrity, the lack of desire and pursuit of the things of God. All these things came together on, and the right point, you know, just like the right chemical combination <laughs> went boom and life blew up. I don't want to be there. I don't want to go there. Everybody okay? In the fifth chapter here of, of well, that was 2 Timothy. It's 1 Timothy. So, just back a page or two. In the fifth chapter of 1 Timothy, see, we don't want to judge ourselves unworthy of God's honor by being dishonorable towards others. So, we watch our, we watch our tongue. We watch this issue of, of slander or blasphemy. In 1 Timothy 5.19, he writes to Timothy, who's a pastor, and so he's telling him how to conduct his, his church and, and how to raise up leaders and so forth. And he says, do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. So in other words, what would happen with Timothy is he had his, his leadership team, and sometimes people would, you know, be irked with one of them, and they would level an accusation. This person did such and such. And Paul is telling Timothy, this is going to be, you know, let me paraphrase, this is going to become a real problem if you're taking every single accusation seriously. If any time someone's got a beef with someone and they feel free to basically speak out or slander them and, and accuse them of doing wrong and you're going, to have, you're going to set everything aside and investigate this. Think about it. How hard would it be for Satan to find one person to do that? that? One person just to level an accusation against someone else and then everything shuts down and in this case he's talking about preachers and they're going to have to be removed and all this stuff because one person said this. And his admonition, this is just very practical stuff. He said, when that happens against an elder, he said, make sure it comes from two or three people at least before you'll investigate it. Because people have the, they, they had trouble with this in their day. They had people who were dishonorable and they didn't hold anyone in regard. They didn't hold anyone in high esteem and they didn't honor and therefore they felt free to just, uh, just take shots because they didn't like this or didn't like that. And people had flesh then like they have flesh today. And so he said, he said, this is the way you do this. And it greatly reduces the chance for abuse of this issue of slander. Everybody with me today? All right. This is how we can learn to be honorable. Amen. I mean, I, I do remember one time, this is some time back, but someone had, had leveled a, an accusation, not a life-ending or ministry-ending accusation against one, of, against one of my leaders. And I thought, this one person, and this person was not a horrible person. I thought, they really said that? And someone else was taking it seriously. I thought, 
you need to, you're, you're taking that way too seriously. That one person, they're having a bad day, I think. And this person was a pastoral level person. I thought, you can't, you can't entertain that for a moment. You tell that person, shut your mouth. No, no this sounds harsh. <laughs> but when you do that, I think it's somewhat serious. And so I'll say what I, since I already let her escape my mouth. You know, that person needs to shut their mouth unless they have someone else to corroborate their accusation because of who they're, who they're attacking. So that's not honorable. And it was, and you know, come to find out, again, this was some time back, it wasn't right, it wasn't correct, and there was no wrongdoing done anywhere. Anyway, but people don't know that these things are holy. They don't recognize that, that God has instituted some respect in different environments. It goes from, again, from the civil to the church to the family to other areas. And he says, you don't just override this because, you know, you don't like someone or because you disagree with someone. You must learn how to keep holy things holy. Amen. Yeah? This goes back to, uh, obviously, if, we don't, if we're not doing this with each other, how are we doing it with God? The scriptures use language like this. If you hate your brother, how can you say you love God? You don't love God if you hate other people. And we say, well, well how can you put those things together? They're different. God is perfect and people are not. And he says you can't do that. You, the same heart, the same well doesn't produce bitter water and sweet water. Right? The same heart doesn't produce love for God and hate for people. I'm not showing God honor when I'm failing to show honor to whom it's due in this life. And, and, and understanding the difference. And I, you know, I recognize there are, again, there are lots of dishonorable actions and people and things. And we live in a fallen world that is full of baloney and, <laughs> you know, and there should be checks and balances and all kinds of things. And, and uh, I'm not saying lend trust to anyone and everyone. Trust is a separate issue that based on integrity and, and knowing someone well, uh, there's a lot of factors that come into relationships but one thing we can do, no matter what happens to us, around us, we can keep our hearts honorable, honorable, honorably. Uh, we can stay honorable before God where we're saying the things of the Lord are heavy with me. They're weighty. And that is not just His Word. It's not just heaven. It's not just the Holy Spirit. It's what He is doing in the earth. Everything from people and position and prophecy and all the things that God is doing, if he's in it, I'm going to regard it as holy. Yes. Amen. Therefore, I can participate in it. I can benefit from it. And the work of God will not be diminished. It'll not be slowed down. But it'll be advanced. It'll be deep and profound. Amen. Nothing shall stop this mighty moving force. Amen. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. And when one falls, we hold them up and we pick them up. If you've been dishonorable, have done some things, have slandered, uh, don't throw the, you know, what do you say? Don't throw the towel in. Say, yeah, I've deemed myself unworthy. Thank God for his forgiveness. Amen. Because we all need it. 
His forgiveness and restorative power. He can bring us back and bring us up and make us honorable once again. The honor of God will rest upon our lives. It will be manifest in prosperity and length of days. I tell you, the blessing of God will affect you and cause everything you put your hand to to prosper. Amen, amen, amen. Some things have been done wrong in the past. Past years, people have wasted. People have, have uh, you know, missed opportunities and, and, and wasted opportunities and resources. But the Spirit of the Lord is, is, is involved with, and He is all about restoration. He loves to restore what's been broken, what's been messed up, what's been lost. He loves to bring it back. Jesus died to that end so we could be restored back to a fellowship with God. And just like He's redeemed our lives, I tell you, the Lord is, is in the business and he's working in this now. I can sense the Spirit of the Lord on it. He wants to bring things back to people that have been lost. Yeah. Wasted time, lost money due to wrongdoing or poor decisions. He wants to restore relationships that people said will never be restored. They'll come back together again. God is in the business of doing it. He's done it before and he'll do it again. If you'll look to him, amen. If you'll look to him, you'll start to, you'll, you'll start to see things change. Amen. Praise God. Now listen, I, I saw someone, I saw someone uh, post this meme and they said, they said, that thing you've been stressed out about, God is taking care of it. And I thought, no, he's not. That's not how things work. <laughs> and, and I don't argue with people on the internet, but I, I did say something on this one. I put a smiley face and everything. I said, that's not how it works. You know better than that. You cast your care on the Lord and He cares for you. In other words, you get in faith and then He works. Not I'm stressed out about it, but God's going to fix it. He doesn't fix it when you're stressed out about it. You have to take the stress and say, I I'm going to give this over to you. I'm going to stop worrying. Stop being afraid. Stop fussing about this. I'm going to get my faith in you to turn this around. Anyway, just because it sounds good in a meme doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> we judge everything by the Word, you guys. <laughs> Go back to the Word. He's not automatically fixing everybody's problems. But if you will put your trust in Him, I tell you, you'll come out on top. You'll come out ahead. <laughs> Hallelujah. You guys are pulling the extra stuff out of me today. <laughs> and it's that questionable stuff that I'm like, ah, should I say this? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good. Amen? Praise God.